Hey homebodies, it's Robin and Molly and we're here to remind you that if you're looking to buy a home or refinance to be sure to check out our platinum sponsor Aaron Schmitz with Epic Mortgage. Aaron is licensed in Minnesota and Wisconsin and is a top lender in the area. You can find his information on our website homeiswherethemurderis.com in all our show notes and on all of our social media platforms. Again, if you're looking for the best in lending, check out Aaron Schmitz with Epic Mortgage. Hi, I'm Robin. And I'm Molly. And this is Home is Where the Murder Is. Happy Monday, everybody. It's here again. Yep. But this time, when you listen to this episode, I'm not going to be here. Where are you? I will be in sunny Las Vegas. How am I talking to you right now, then? Because we are prepping this because I will not be here. Oh. Yes. So, everyone, we're a week early, so we don't really have a whole lot of updates. But no. I'm going to Vegas. Well, I will be in Vegas for a wedding. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Um, so that should be fun. It's like two <laughs> that was the right yep, song. It was, wasn't that wasn't the funeral or something, right? I right. Well, I mean, to me, they go hand in hand. But right. no, this is two of my good friends um, getting married finally after Should've years. Just stayed there. I know. I was just there for the Miss America pageant. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep, that's so, why I said that. Yep, our girls did really well. So I helped uh, with the Iowa and Wisconsin pageant every year, and our girls did pretty well this year. We had two girls get in the top fifteen. That's um, but it was a really fun pageant. The woman that won Mrs. America is actually a huge true crime podcast fan. So, Yay. and one girl from Oklahoma knew who I was. So Look that was that. pretty cool. Look so at that. I was like, I'm like, what do you know? And she's like, oh, you have that podcast. I'm like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That. What, what do you know about me? <laughs> well, well, it's funny when people are like, are you Robin? I'm like, well, like, that depends. Maybe. What maybe. do you, what do you know about me? So, because you know, I've done some things. Ooh. <laughs> So, yeah, so that's exciting. I cannot wait. I'm just, and then that when I get back, I go right to the Matt Rife show. So many things. I, so I'm pretty pumped about that. And I just have kids' sports. Yep. So every, all that is happening. Every night of your life. Every, yeah, basically every day. So Monday nights, we don't have it. Um, Friday nights, we don't have it. Yep. But we have other things going yep, on. Yeah, but Friday nights is like football nights. Yeah, usually. And the, the bar, the restaurant's open. Yep. And that's coming along. Yep, getting there. So that's great. Slowly but surely. Yeah. When you're doing the work yourself, it takes longer. So. Yep, but everything's coming up roses, I think. So yep. I'm excited because we're kind of getting out of, like, busy season for real estate, and it, like, kind of calms down a little bit, and we can focus on other projects and, you know. Fall. And fall. It's just a nice time. So I'm ex- yeah. I just I feel like I come alive around this time of year because it's coming down from the craziness that summer is. And I love summer, but... Yeah. It, it's too hot sometimes yeah. for me, if you haven't heard. Yeah. The only downside is that then winter comes, and I am Ooh. not a fan of the snow. I love December because of Christmas, and that's about yeah. it. Yeah. I I don't really but care you know for what? it. Sometimes we don't even have snow for no, Christmas. No, true. But, like, I don't really care for December because it's an expensive month. That's when, it like, is. all of our real estate dues are, you know, and then you got Christmas presents, and it's just, like, it's a lot. So it I is. prefer to just skip all that and go straight back to fall. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, that's not how that works. So, no. Just going to have to go through the emotions. So, anyway, 
that's all I know. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm gonna I'm gonna go have me a time in Vegas, and I'll report back on how I do. Yeah. So how you do? You know, like what? Kind of what, what am what I gonna do? get into? Yeah. You know? What like, kind of trouble? Yeah, I'm going with Mill, so she's yep. also trouble. So you guys are gonna need trouble. Yep. So her family was saying, I guess the other day, they're not real happy that I'm going because now I'm drinking again. <laughs> but Uh-oh. I did. I was drinking when I was there the last time for the Miss America pageant, and I tell you what, I just can't hang. I had a few drinks or whatever, and I'm like, I'm tired. Like, alcohol yeah. does not, like, pump me up anymore. Well, it just makes me tired. when you're in your, like, late 30s. Yeah. Whoa. Well, you just call me out right now. We are. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just, it's just funny how I just was, like, every night. Like, luckily, I was with my friend who is just turned 50, but she looks like she could be 30 years old. She's yeah. She's freaking gorgeous. She's a former Mrs. Wisconsin. She also was like, we'd have a couple drinks. And, All right. Let's call it a night. I'm like, well, that's that's night because you don't want to you don't want to be out till like two yeah. three in the morning. That's exhausting. Well, and like Mill and I don't want to spend a whole lot of money when we go. So and we're, it's not cheap. Yeah, I so can only imagine Vegas. Well, is yeah, so like cheap. a drink is like eighteen dollars. So stupid. she and I plan on like you can buy a out. bottle for that. Exactly. Well, that's what we're gonna do. So we're gonna just lay out by the pool and just relax yeah. and we'll do a couple of things but i don't gamble so that i don't have to worry about that happening and then we've seen shows there already so we're not going to go do that so really her and i are just kind of going to go lay out hang out and then go to the wedding and then come home Fine. so easy yeah. peasy lemon squeezy but yeah so that's what i'm up to and that's all i really have i mean so let's see here since this is airing a month a week later from now we can't really give an update on the live show because nope. we don't know we won't know how many tickets we've sold at that point but my guess we'll is an update on our social yeah on facebook yep so if if hopefully by the time of this is airing we are sold out because we were close yep so um but you will keep you posted on that and then we might even have to work on getting a second show somewhere because yeah. people seem pretty interested in hearing us talk in person for some reason yeah i don't know why yeah but whatever but yeah so i'm ready to give you a murder if you want one let's hear it what you got for us so i actually switched up my murder i have another one that is done but for some reason i just really felt like doing this one because the other one this one was calling you this one is calling me yeah the other one it was very sad and i thought well maybe i'll go with one that's just more like and it's older it's from the 80s and i'm like well maybe this one will be a little less teary so all right so i am covering the thrill killer thrill yes Sounds thrilling. It's something. Okay. So I'm going to start off by saying this. This guy is an absolute pile of shit. Most killers are. Yep. But I will tell you, he never even had a chance. He was born and was never given an opportunity at a normal life. So there's that. So it all starts at home and his family sucked. Okay. That's too bad. Yep. So Richard... Bejenwald. Another Richard. Bejenwald? Bejenwald. I'm going to say Bejenwald. No, Bejen. Bejen? Bejenwald. Bejen. Bejenwald. Richard. We're going to call him Richard. Just Richard. So Richard Dick uh, was born on August 24th, 1940 in Staten Island, New York. His childhood was pretty rough as he grew up at the hands of a very abusive and alcoholic father. I was able to find that his father's name was Albert, but his mother's name is nowhere to be found. And I mean, I dug. Albert was buried with his own parents when he died. So that tells me that things with his wife didn't really work out so well. Yeah. Anyway, things were so bad in the home that at the age of five, Richard had begun acting out. In fact, it was at this age that he actually set fire to the family home. 
and he was sent to Rockland County Psychiatric Center for observation. Now, you have a five-year-old right now. I do. Can you imagine your sweet boy setting fire to your home? I mean, no. That's just insane, right? To yeah. think that a, that a kid could be that angry at that age that they set the house on fire. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. And clearly the only thing that happened at this Rockland County Psychiatric Center for observation was that he was observed because the visit there did not help him in any way, shape, or form. By the age of eight, he was drinking and gambling. Eight. Oh, God. So you have a son who's eight. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, Fletcher walking downstairs one night and being like, well, I better get up to Driftless so I can suck down some Boilermakers and gamble my life savings away. I mean, gambling, they do do pull tabs. (laughs) So it's funny you say that. I'm like, in Wisconsin, (laughs) eight-year-olds do sort of drink and gamble, though. They have kitty cocktails and pull tabs. Different. And that's like a rite of passage in Wisconsin. Right, Wisconsin's a little different. But but not like the hard, like not for real. Just nuts. Yeah. So Richard clearly needed help. So at the age of nine, he was put through electroshock therapy at Bellevue Hospital in New York. That that always went well, I'm sure. Always. It was a really good, good call. Yeah. After he went through this treatment, he entered the state training school for boys in Warwick, New York. He spent years at the facility, and it didn't seem to help much as reports claimed that he was often caught stealing and convincing other inmates to escape. Come on, guys, let's yeah, go. Right? Like, like that reminds let's go me. Get some um, that reminds me of when Logan plays soccer, and like, because he's not that interested in it, he like grabs the kid. And he's like, "Listen, uh, go kick that ball way over there. Like, just go to, or like, go go tap that person on the shoulder." Like. I'm like, stop instigating shit. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah. I mean, that's a little bit of a different scenario, but. Tiny bit. Yeah. So, um, as I said here, he was a leader, not a follower. Right. So, he was quite the family man, though. When he would get visitation, he would go see his mother and steal money from her. Oh, so, sweet. Yep. And when he was 11 years old, he set himself on fire in his mother's home. Just for attention? I it just said that he set himself on fire, so I'm not sure if it was purpose or not, but yeah. either way, great kid. Yeah. At 16 years old, he graduated from eighth grade and was released from the training school to attend high school. Now, you do the math there. He was about three to four years behind the other kids entering high school. Because he was, yeah. Yeah, so obviously Drinking that wasn't, yeah, well, obviously that's not going to go over well, too. Can you imagine being a... 16-year-old freshman. Yeah. I, I'm sure that didn't sit well, which it didn't, so he dropped out after only a few weeks. Yeah. So at 16, he moved himself to Nashville, Tennessee, where he used petty crimes to get by in life. He was there for two years before he was arrested in Kentucky for taking a stolen car across state lines. At the age of 18, he returned to Staten Island, which is where he would take his crimes to a whole new level. On December 18, 1958, Richard stole another car and made his way to Bayonne, New Jersey. Fun fact, Bayonne is just 45 minutes from Sayreville, New Jersey, which is where John Bon Jovi's from. Oh, good. There he is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Brought him into it. Yep, sure did. However, he was not born at that time that this wackadoodle w- was visiting the no. area. Oh, so. no? Nope, nope. Anyway. Not yet? Nope. So Richard and an accomplice by the name of Frank Spardoff decided to hold up a grocery store to get some money. They found one, and while there, Richard shot and killed attorney, prosecutor, and owner of the store, Stephen Sladowski. Guy had a lot of things. He was was doing a lot of things. He was doing a lot of things. He then fled and was found two days later in Salisbury, Maryland. But he wasn't going to go down without a fight. 
There was a shootout with police, but it would end with him being arrested and extradited back to New Jersey to stand trial. At this trial, he was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison. The end. Oh, good story. Nope. Oh, too bad. Nope. That should have been the end of the story. But? But? Unfortunately. Nope. Uh, It would come down to the parole board, full of morons, read through his entire life story and charges and thought, meh, he seems like an all right guy. Let's set him free and see what happens. Like, yeah, yeah. He's probably just made a couple oopsies. Oops, just murder. Oopsie. Constantly stealing. Setting setting himself and houses on fire. Drinking at eight. Yeah. Sounds okay. Let's give him a shot. Seems fine. Yeah. So after serving only 17 years for the senseless murder of Steven Sladowski, Richard was released in 1975. I'm actually surprised he served that long. I know, the 70s, I tell I'm, you. I'm saying, honestly, though, like, honestly, honestly, I'm surprised he actually served that long. Right. So after his release, he worked some odd jobs for a couple of years and stayed out of the limelight as best he could. However, once a dickhead, always a dickhead. Yeah. In 1977, Richard was, um, w- Richard was an interested party in a rape and failed to report to his parole officer. He absconded until 1980 when he was arrested in Brooklyn, New York. And if you're not familiar with absconded, that just means that he went MIA. So, like, avoiding arrest. He hid. Yeah. It was unknown at the time, but during his time avoiding police, he actually killed again. Oh. Uh-huh. In June of 1978, he shot John Patrone, who was a police informant. Patrone. Patrone, yeah. He was a police informant, and he was. they were in an abandoned airport in Flemington, New Jersey. The two were shooting at tin cans, and at some point, Richard turned the gun on John and shot him several times in the head. Ooh. He then shoved his body in the trunk of his car and drove it to the Collier's Mills Wildlife Management Preserve in Jackson Township, New Jersey. He drove three miles into the woods, buried him in a shallow grave, and then threw some tires on top of the body as well as a piece of car, like the frame of a car. So he went to great lengths to make sure no one yeah. like, dug him up. The skeletal remains would not be found until May 11th, 1983, which is three years before my date of birth. Yep. It is thought that Richard shot him because he believed he was going to inform the police of his location, or it could have been that he was trying to extort money from Richard's mother. So I read that they think that he shot him because he was telling his mother, if you don't pay me, I'm going to turn your son in. Oh. Mm-hmm. So probably a dumb move since he's already killing people, but whatever. Yeah. So back to his arrest in 1980 for that rape that I mentioned. Yeah. His time in custody was short-lived as he was released due to the victim not being able to pick him out of a lineup. Upon his release, he actually got married to a 19-year-old woman named Diane. Diane was an honor student. Oh. And her dad was pissed. Yeah, because how old was he at this point? So this was in 1980. He was born in 54. So what is that? He was at 20... Four? 34? Like, what? He was born in 50? 50? 54? Oh, man. Man. No. He was born in 40. So he was 40. Oh, gosh. So that was, he was 40 years old. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. <clears throat> so he was quite a bit older. Yeah. Yeah. So, oopsie. Um, I'm not exactly sure what she found appealing about the fugly yeah. felon, but she yeah. did. So even though Richard was married, the urge to kill was far more important to him. So on November 1st, 1981, he abducted 17-year-old Maria, gonna botch this, Chia, Chiella? 
Ciela? Ciela? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As she was walking along a highway in Point Pleasant, New Jersey, Richard shot and dismembered her body and buried the young girl in, his, in the yard of his mother's house. The address of where the mother lived was 420 Charrettes Road in Staten Island. There isn't a lot of information on the house, just that it last sold in October of 2011 for 275000 It looks to be a ranch with about 1,000 square feet of living space. And it's built as an interesting as it as it's not like a ranch like you'd see, like kind of horizontal. It's a ranch that goes straight back. Oh. So it's just like a little little house in the front and a shit ton of house in the back. Yeah. So very interesting. Um, it looked a little run down. It had a detached garage, a lot of stuff around it. Redfin thinks it's worth about $650,000. Oh, that's a lot. So I don't know what Redfin thinks they know, but based off of what I read, not so much. So unless it had some fancy work done to it. Yeah, maybe it's but like completely I feel like, inside yeah, or something. Yeah. But. Who knows? But it's also like one of those internet generated uh, yeah. assessment values. Yeah. So they don't work. Call a realtor. Yeah. It wouldn't be long before another body would join Maria's. On April 8th, 1982, 18-year-old Deborah Osborne was abducted by Richard and stabbed to death. She was buried with Maria and their bodies wouldn't be discovered until one year later. During that time, Richard and Diana decided to make a move. The newlyweds moved to Asbury Park, New Jersey, which, in case you were wondering, is 38 minutes from where John Bon Jovi lived. At this point, John would have been 18 years old. Oh. So just, this is what happens when I do a New Jersey episode. They moved to 507 6th Avenue, which was a five-unit multiple-family home. A once single-family home built in 1910, it had since been converted into a rental property and is valued over $1 million in today's money. Oh. It actually looked really cute. So the couple wouldn't be settled in long before Richard decided to kill again. On August 28, 1982, he lured 18-year-old Anna, I'm going to botch this one too, Sure. Sure. from the Asbury Park boardwalk. He shot her four times in the head and then brought the body back to his apartment to show his girlfriend. Oh. That's right. Not his wife. Oh. His girlfriend. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Teresa Smith worked at a jewelry store with Richard's wife, Diane, and eventually moved in with the couple. Oh, no. She began a sexual relationship with Richard, and the three would constantly do drugs obtained by Diane at her second job, which was at a hospital. Oh, good. They were just living the life. He showed her the body and said, that should have been your kill. Then another neighbor, Darren Fitzgerald, helped him dispose of the body behind a Burger King in Ocean Township, New Jersey. Would you like to know how far away that is from where John Bon Jovi lived? About 28 miles. 32 minutes. So maybe. So that probably is actually pretty close. Yeah. And this is funny because this is back in 1982, and that's when John Bon Jovi went to the local radio station and gave them his demo of Runaway, and that was how his career started. Oh, God, I just whacked the microphone. So. Wow. Just letting you know. Anyway, Darren Fitzgerald. I think I'm done with the Bon Jovi facts. Are you? I think. You think so? Darren Fitzgerald would later testify that Richard told him that the kill was a training exercise for his girlfriend, Teresa Smith. So I'm not 100% sure if, I'm pretty sure Diane knew that he was sleeping with Teresa. And I think she just turned, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It seems seems like they were all in it. Kind of a little little chummy. Trouble. Richard's next victim was someone 
would trouble. It's a trouble when it's trouble. It's a thruple when it's fun. Oh, or thriving. Well, it was definitely. <gasps> oh my trouble. god, I like that. It's a trouble when it's trouble. It's a thruple when it's thriving. Well, it's definitely trouble. <laughs> it says we all need to, trouble. That is patented right there. Richard's next victim was someone he had known on the inside. He was a prison escapee who had befriended Richard. However, that friendship was short-lived because in September of 1982, Richard shot him four times in the head and disposed of the body in a cemetery. He's got a fun quirk with shooting four times in the head. That's his third victim that he did that to. Yeah, and he doesn't seem like he likes friends. He doesn't seem to want him around. No. no. The last murder to occur at the hands of Richard Beigenwald was 17-year-old Betsy Bacon. She went missing on November 20th, 1982, after leaving her home at 11 p.m. to get some cigarettes. Her body was later found, and and she had been shot twice in the head. Now, there's a report out there where someone recovers this case, and they say that she, this girl, actually worked with Teresa, and Teresa lured her home and was supposed to kill her, but didn't decided she didn't want to, so Richard did it, but that's not the majority of the cases so if that's what happened fine but like all the newspapers and everything that were following the case report this so that's why i went with that so yeah now who tipped off the police is unclear to me because in different sources it says that his girlfriend's friend tipped off police but in other sources it says that the wife's friend tipped off police and i can't be sure right because there's just too much going on there well right um but either way somebody tipped off the police about him murdering people so they went to his house on January 22nd, 1983, and created a ruse outside to get him to come out. When he did, they grabbed him and arrested him. Inside the apartment home was Darren Fitzgerald, who had heard the commotion, so he hid in a closet with a bunch of weapons. He eventually, eventually gave himself up because they were threatening to shoot through the door. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he went on to sing like a canary for the prosecution. Well, and whoever gave him up, they were probably worried that they were going to eventually be next. Yeah, oh, yeah, sure. for sure. Upon a search of Richard's apartment, they found several pipe bombs, handguns, rifles, shotguns, a machine gun, chloral hydrate, marijuana, and a live puff adder. I don't even know what that is. Um, a venom collecting apparatus. Get that venom. I. That's a new one. And floor plans for several local residents and businesses. Huh. So I don't know what he had planned, but venom. Venom and floor plans. <laughs> Not, I don't want to be around for that. No. It didn't take long for police to start locating bodies based on Fitzgerald's confessions. In total, nine murders had taken place at the hands of Richard. But due to evidence, he was only charged with five at the time. It would later turn to six. Yeah. He was convicted and sentenced to death, but that was later overturned to four life sentences without the possibility of parole. His wife, Diane, was sentenced to two years probation for not saying shit about her husband being a murdering psychopath. Should have been more. Yep. Oh, I know. She had also just given birth to their daughter two months prior. Oh. Yeah. No word whatever happened to his lover, Teresa Smith. And from what I can tell, there's no word on what happened to his wife and his daughter. I, there also wasn't any, I didn't find a divorce record. So I don't know if she stayed married to him or what, but. Yeah. So he would spend the next 25 years at the New Jersey State Prison in Trenton, which is 45 minutes from where Bon Jovi is from. See, so you weren't done. All righty. Before dying at the age of 67 from kidney and liver failure. 
while he was on. That's what happens when you start drinking at eight. I guess so. You know, that's why we don't do it. Don't do it. Mm-mm. While, which, you know, and not funny, but funny, but the Smash Mouth singer died today of liver failure. Yeah. Not funny. But. It's not funny, but it's a coincidence. Yeah. It's sad. So it is. He was, he was a nice guy. He seemed great. Yeah. Didn't know him personally, but whatever. Anyway, while he was on trial for the murders, he was asked why he did these things. And his response was, I just wanted to see someone die. Hence the name, The Thrill Killer. And that's it. And that's it. That is a, it's a quick one today. I forgot to mention that in the beginning, that it was going to be a quick one. But because um, I covered the houses inside my yeah. story today. Yeah. Or they're on the outside. Because there's not a whole lot on them. There's right. no sale history on either of them. Huh. So, but they, yeah, that was. That was it. That's the thrill killer. He's dead. Yeah. and He's dead. The houses are mm-hmm. still around. Yep. There's just, yeah. There he is. No information on what happened to the wife or nope. I the girlfriend. I, if I were them, I would have. Well, and Teresa yeah. Smith that pulls up so many. Yeah, you know. And hopefully, hopefully, they went on to just. I'm sure they're not any better than they were when this all happened. I hope the daughter's okay. Well, I hope she got taken away. Yeah. But we, you never know. Probably not. Probably not because they let this monster out. Yeah. So if the fucking parole board would have just left him. For being a psychopath, nine people would still be alive. Yeah. No, eight, because the one that he already killed. But eight yeah. people would still be alive. Yeah. So I hope that you sleep well, you 1980s parole board, 77. That you because they were probably a lot of old people. Yeah, well, that's what they get. I always wonder what, like, how you get to be decide that fate, you know? Yeah. That bothers me. Yeah. I want to get on a parole board because they would all. No one ever is getting never out. Never get out. Maybe. Nope. Well, depending on, not for murder. No, absolutely not. Well, I right. mean, yeah, the other stuff I could probably. But the thing is, is like you also have to be eerie because like patterns. If someone's doing a lot of rapes. Well, like, what, oh, yeah, you know, different. that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I would never, I would never let them out. I should start my own parole board. <laughs> like a, like a contracted service, like a consulting. They show, they show up to their parole hearing and they're wearing I love Bon Jovi. You're like, you're fine. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. 100%. You're like, you're fine. You like, oh, my cool. God. I have a Bon Jovi tattoo. I'm like, like you what's your favorite cool, song? But you seem cool. I'd quiz them, though. I'd be like, what's his birthday? What's, you know, what what album yeah. is uh, always on? Yeah. So that's what I would do. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, so sorry, everybody. I know that's kind of a quick one, but that's what you get today. So I yeah. uh, hope you enjoyed and I hope you have the best week. I cannot wait to report back what happens in Vegas. I hope to come back from Vegas. So uh, who's who's that? That a child at our front door. Are you serious? Yeah. What child is it? Is it your son? No. Why are there children at your front door? They want oh, play. we're still recording. All right, everybody. Bye. Say bye. Bye.